Hi there, welcome back to the podcast. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be going into the letter to the Romans, specifically into chapters 6 to 8. Now, Romans is a defence of Paul's mission to the nations, his defence for going worldwide. The gospel has come for all and for free, and now it needs to go into the world. So in Romans 6 to 8, Paul is showing how the gospel is the solution to everything that we should have been. So let's dive into this amazing letter now and see what it has to say. Well, over the past few weeks, we've been looking at Romans chapter 6 and 7. And in this particularly dense argument that Paul is making, we've seen him defend the gospel that he wants to spread to the ends of the earth. That's the for free, the for all good news of the Lord Jesus. And the question's been hanging over the whole thing. There's been this question in the back of our minds. How can a gospel that is free for all not produce more sin and step by step Paul has been answering that charge we've seen that our status has changed and we saw last week that grace doesn't produce sin but instead it's the solution to it and now we've landed at verse 7 of chapter 7 where Paul has just said or actually verse 6 of chapter 7 Paul has just said but now by dying to what once bound us we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. And that leads to more questions. As we've been going through, there's been more questions being asked. And that leads to the question Paul wants us to think about this evening, there in verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? For Paul to have to answer this question shows that he's been pretty drastic in what he's been saying so far. Is the law bad then, Paul? Perhaps we might have that question tonight. Is the law sinful? Well, if you have that question, I'll give you the answer. It's right there in verse 7. Certainly not, says Paul. There's the answer. But there is a tighter connection between sin and law than we might originally think. Paul explains that at the end of verse 7. You can say, without the law... I would not know what sin was. We thought about this a little bit last week. Do you remember my school fence where my teacher said, do not climb that fence? What was it I wanted to do? Well, it was to climb that fence. They said, don't do it. That's what I wanted to do. The thought might not have been in my mind before they'd said that. To be fair, there was plenty of other things I could do. I was speaking to uh, Louise Wallace at the end of last week and explaining that next to this fence were these uh, really thorny plants with obviously poisonous berries on them. They looked like tomatoes, but they were bright green and spiky. It was odd. Perhaps then the fence rule was a distraction, I don't know. But still, because I was told not to climb that fence, I wanted to do that very thing. Our lunch times were spent devising ways to climb over that fence. And I did try it once, but you can ask my parents about that. (laughs) In Paul's example here, though, it's the law that says, you shall not covet... And that law is one that catches a number of other things, isn't it? You see, most of the laws in this country, if you were to look at the law books, are about people's stuff. And most of the laws that were given to Israel were similar. Coveting or wanting something else, somebody else's stuff for yourself, is a foundational issue that we all have. But it's also an issue that only we, each, individually, can actually know that we have. I can't look at you and say, ah, there we go, a coveter. You see, it's it's something we know deep down, and only we know. 
unless we tell someone else. And this whole section, it's extremely personal. Did you notice how many eyes are in this passage? You see, Paul is speaking here. At least he's using himself as an example. And it's the law as it meets Paul's fleshiness, our fleshiness, our worldliness, that has toxic effects. You see, the two just don't work well together, like oil and water in some ways. As Paul can say in verse 8, sin took the opportunity that the law gave to produce every kind of coveting. It's like scratching an itch. If someone says to you, don't scratch, it doesn't do anything to take away the itch, does it? In fact, it increases it. I'm now watching to see who scratches. And Paul can speak so drastically about it that he can say in verse 9, once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. If I'm honest, the way that Paul speaks sounds quite like me. I think it's fair to say it probably sounds like all of us in this room, doesn't it? But you know what? It actually sounds like two other characters in the Bible as well. Let me show you what I mean. It it sounds a bit like Adam. We've seen Adam already in Romans. It sounds a bit like Adam, the very first sinner. After being given the commandment, do not eat, sin rose up and broke it. Biblically, he and Eve were the only people who were truly alive before sin came. Ever since that moment, we all come into this world spiritually dead. It sounds like Adam. It also sounds a bit like Israel. I mean, they're the ones who were given the commandments, specifically given these commandments that Paul mentions here. The commandment against coveting, you find that in the Ten Commandments, given to Israel specifically. You see, they're the ones who broke that specific commandment over and over again. What Paul's saying here sounds like Israel as well. And I think in doing this, Paul is making one general point. A point that sums up the whole Bible story, sums up the whole humanity. Sin uses the law to produce death. No matter what that law is, sin uses it to produce death. You see, sin plus our human nature is toxic. So therefore, Paul can answer our first question this evening in verse 12. Is the law sin? Well, no, the law is. Well, what does Paul say in verse 12? The law is holy. And the commandment is holy, righteous and good. You see, it's not the law that's the problem. It's our earthly, our human, our worldly natures that when they meet it, causes the issue. So is the law sinful? No. But sin does use the law to produce death, says Paul. Well, where do we go from there then? If the law is good, but sin takes advantage of it, well, does it then mean that it's the law that kills me? That's where Paul goes in verses 13 to 25. That should be the thought in our minds if we're following what Paul is saying. Does the law kill me? Well, you can see the answer in verses 13 to 25. And to sum it up, Paul says, no. Sin is what kills me, not the law. Let's see the question. It's verse 13. Paul says, did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognised as sin, he used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. 
It's sin that used what is good to bring about death, says Paul. You see, at its absolute bottom, sin shows itself to be sin by the way it rejects God's right rule and brings about death. Sin is brought into the light by the law. And again, the issue is the flesh. You see, in verse 14, that phrase there, unspiritual, well, it literally means fleshy. The law is good, it is spiritual, but the issue is we're still made out of flesh. At least I am, I'm sure the rest of you are. And so we can find ourselves doing the very thing that we hate. We find ourselves not really understanding our actions. This whole section talks about that. It's just something we know, isn't it? As Paul says there in verse 14, we, we know that presently. You can feel the struggle as we read it in what Paul is saying here, wanting to do good but doing evil. In fact, he even pushes the picture further. This sin, Paul says, is, is inside of us. It dwells within us. Have a look at verse 17. As it, is, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. You see, it used to be the whole of me that did evil. Well, no longer. Now it's me wanting to go God's way, but struggling against that indwelling sin. God has invaded, but he hasn't completed the conquest of me completely. There seems to be a difference between the I and the me here, doesn't there? You see, both of them belong to a person, don't they? Part of him, part of me, to misquote a song that we sing here at Christchurch, yet not I, but the sin in me. I'm not sure that one would sell as well. But you see, only a Christian can be the one who can hate the evil that they're doing. Only a Christian can say, I find God's law to be a delight. Only a Christian can battle against this inward desire of sin, wanted to control them. You see, we might have been joined to Jesus spiritually, but we still live in the flesh day to day. And until the day that we're made new, that, that battle is going to rage on. Conversion might make a Christian, but it doesn't make a body Christian. So again, we've seen this before. Paul can say in verse 23 that we're at war. He said that back in chapter 6, verse 13. Every day that we're alive, there is a battle being fought between ourselves and sin, between the Christian and the sin inside of them. If that strikes home particularly for you, if you're feeling weary of that fight, can I encourage you, keep on fighting. If you're unaware of that fight, ask God to show you it. You see, there's no such thing as being perfect, no such thing as perfectionism on this side of glory. But this passage is not meant to be depressing. This passage is not meant to make us give up. We might cry out with Paul, what a wretched man I am. But at the same time, we can cry out verse 25 too. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, it's not becoming a Christian Jew. Someone who holds to the law. Someone who goes back to the law once they're saved. That's going to save us. It is the gospel that does that. It is the gospel that is for all, for free, that Paul has just been explaining that does that. And as Paul's going to explain in chapter 8... In the very next chapter, it's the work of the Spirit. But Paul's big aim here in verses 7 to 25 
is to show us that the law and humanity, they just don't mix. The results are toxic. Like a barrel of water and a drop of poison, it's not a good result. But in the gospel, there is something far, far better. Have a look at verse 25 again. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not law-keeping that delivers us. No, it's Jesus who delivers us. And the struggle in the day-to-day, well, that's a sign of life. You see, it's only the dead who don't struggle, isn't it? Instead, the struggle of the day-to-day life points us forward to the resurrection morning, to the day when we will be ultimately delivered in the new creation. So to return to our original question, the question for this bit anyway, does the law kill me? No. Sin is what killed me, says Paul. And I think this passage, it it highlights one simple fact for us, doesn't it? We're all in need of the Lord Jesus, aren't we? Hopefully this passage has made that clear. Despite our struggle, it's Jesus who delivers us. And Paul can say similar, just... Peek forward into the very first verse of chapter 8. Coming off the back of this, Paul can say, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Jesus, there's no condemnation. That is amazing news, isn't it? That's news that affects absolutely everyone. Everyone we've seen in Romans has this sin disease. There's nobody outside of the diagnosis that these verses give. And therefore, that cure is needed by absolutely everyone. Just imagine you had the cure for cancer in your hands. What would you do with it? Well, we have the answer to an even bigger disease than that. So we should praise God for the one who has saved us from sin. And praise God as he will ultimately deliver us from sin in the future. And therefore, we should share this message with those around us, shouldn't we? That's what Paul's doing here, he's defending his mission to the nations. Here's the, mes- here's the message he wants to share. Here's the message we've just heard. I hope you found that helpful and edifying. If you have any feedback or questions, feel free to reach out to me via email. The details are in the show notes. But until next time, let's keep praising God this week. Thank you.